Welcome back to another episode of New Day MMA. I'm Haley. And I'm Nick. And today we're going to be talking about the UFC's events from October 2020. And to start off with, we're going to be talking about UFC Fight Night, Holm vs. Aldana. Yeah, so this fight, uh, well, Holly Holm won. She won via decision. And I think she was just more of a technical striker. Um, she just really dominated this fight and ended up beating Aldana. I agree. I mean, I think Aldana came out there looking for a brawl, and then Holly Holm came out there looking to strike technically and stay on the outside. It was a pretty one-sided and a pretty dominant affair. I mean, Holly Holm hurt her pretty bad at the end of the fight, but Aldana was able to make it to the final bell, and in my opinion, I think it just was a little bit too much too soon for Irana Aldana for this fight. In the co-main event, Jermaine Durandamy picked up a very impressive win via guillotine choke over uh, Juliana Pena. This is a very impressive win, especially considering how much that Jermaine uh, Durandamy, excuse me, likes to strike, and it was her first submission win in her career. So it was a very impressive win over Juliana Pena, who herself is known for submissions. There's also several very important, or very impressive performances from Kyler Phillips, Carlos Condit, and Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny picked up a unanimous decision win, so did Carlos Condit, and Kyler Phillips was able to pick up a TKO in the towards the end of the second round, so a lot of very impressive wins here on UFC Fight Night Home vs. Aldana. The next fight card was UFC Fight Night Marais vs. Sandhagen. And just to kick it off, I mean, who saw that spinning wheel kick TKO coming from Corey Sandhagen? That was out of nowhere, that was something that, you know, we're kind of looking for Sandhagen to stay on the edge, use his straight punches and his teep kicks, but that wheel kick came out of absolutely nowhere and put down Marlon Marais, who himself is known for very impressive high kick knockouts. So that's definitely going to earn Sandhagen's a uh, shot at the top of the division. In the co-main event, Edson Barboza proves that he still has it with a unanimous decision win over Amir Amerkani. And uh, everyone has really been counting out Barboza, and we know that he is in the latter phases of his career but he dropped down to a new weight class and he showed that he still has it and he showed a very impressive win over a very solid fighter too. Yeah, and we also saw, a, I think this is going to be a knockout contender of the year, Joaquin Buckley. For those of you that didn't see, Buckley did something just pretty amazing. So his, he, his first kick was caught and as his kick was caught, he used that momentum and threw a spinning kick with his other leg and this kick went viral. I mean, you guys probably saw it. It went so viral that Kanye West actually released a special song about it, highlighting how crazy it was. And if Kanye West made a song about it, you know it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and what really sucks about all this COVID stuff is that there aren't any crowds at, at any of these events. I mean, I understand why, so they, but it's just so quiet, and I've never, I've never heard anything like that. Like With these events, you can really hear, even on TV, you can really hear each kick landing, each punch landing, and you can hear... Even the fighters talking to each other, just pretty crazy. They are so even on total strikes at the moment. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like if during Buckley's kick, that spitting kick, what the crowd would have done. It just would have been a madhouse. 
Oh, I totally agree. I couldn't agree anymore with you. I mean, the roof would have been blown off the place had this been taking place in front of any fans whatsoever. I mean, I know everyone at home jumped off their couch as soon as they saw that. Including you. Yeah, including myself. And uh, just imagine if that was in front of a full house. I mean, how loud they would have erupted. I mean, and you bring up some good points earlier about uh, how you can hear the punches. You can hear the corners talking uh, to their fighters and also to each other. So the trash talk has kind of evolved as well, and it's kind of highlighted in our ears because now we can actually hear what the fighters usually are the only ones that can hear. Yeah, it's kind of like an inside look almost into what actually is happening during the fight. Plus, the fighters can hear the commentators too, so they can hear if like the commentator says, like Michael Bisping, if he says, oh, so-and-so should have done this or should have done this instead, that fighter now knows oh, maybe I, maybe I should try that, and they'll see it'll, it'll work out in their favor. Exactly. There's actually been a couple cases where uh, when Daniel Cormier was commentating, he's got a very loud, vo loud voice, and he likes to yell instructions uh, to the audience. But also, since there's no crowd to mask the noise, there's actually fighters that have come out and said, hey, thanks, Daniel Cormier. Like, actually listening to you and hearing your commentary made me make some improvements that helped me win the fight. So the commentators are actually playing a bigger role than they used to in the fight now. They're kind of like a second corner almost, it, from like a fighter's point of view too, because most of the commentators, if not, I mean, all but one, they're all fighters. Yes, and to an extent, there's very little bias. So from your corner, uh, it's usually people that are your coaches and your teammates. So you have they're a little bit of a They're the ones that bias. want you to win. They're like the ones that are yeah. really trying to hype you up and everything. Right. So you can get sometimes what's bad advice if they're telling you to lay off the gas because they think you're winning the fight when in reality you might be behind or it might be tied. So hearing it from an objective source such as a commentator who is also higher level that, that provides the technical advice uh, can sometimes benefit fighters. Some of the prospects that really shined on this card were Tom Breeze. Tom was able to pick up a first round TKO. He started off with the right jab and then followed up with some vicious ground and pound to get the first round TKO. Then Giga Chikadze had a highly impressive uh, 30 to 27 unanimous decision victory. Uh, he's someone that I've really been keeping my eye on. His uh, glory kickboxing background and his ability to, to uh, stop the fight with strikes and with kicks has been something that has been uh, very noteworthy. Uh, Chris Dawkus came out with a first round knockout over his opponent, and it just proves that the heavyweights really pack some power. And also, speaking of heavyweights, Tom Aspinall came out. He's a little bit of a smaller heavyweight, but he went up there against a larger opponent in the first round, got the takedown, and then also got the TKO due to ground and pound. So a lot of these heavyweights, these younger heavyweights, are seeing a lot of success here versus their larger opponents due to the what is usually perceived as a weight disadvantage, but sometimes it's the speed advantage that they get from being the smaller guy, and also the cardio advantage that comes with that. So sometimes being the smaller man in the fight has been paying off, and we definitely saw that shine on this card. Yeah, that's what I noticed too when it comes to a lot of the heavyweight fights. You can have somebody in there that's like so, so much bigger than their opponent, and you think, oh, that guy's gonna get, the bigger guy's gonna win. He's gonna crush the little guy, but that's not usually how it is, because like, like you said, that. The smaller guy, he has the speed advantage, he has the cardio, as the, well, whereas the bigger guy, he's going to get burnt out in that first round, he's going to exhaust himself and just want to relax the rest of it, and then he's, he's ultimately going to get crushed. And with the next fight card we had was Brian Ortega versus Chan Sung Jung. 
AKA the Korean zombie. The Korean so, zombie. That's he's one of my favorite fighters. Oh, he's a, definitely a fan favorite. And that's actually what he's known best for. That's his nickname is the Korean zombie or the zombie. That's actually his preferred nickname. That's something that he chose. So if you hear us talk about the zombie, just know that that's actually what he prefers to be called by. I mean, I think most people know him as the Korean zombie too. They don't really know him by his actual name. Exactly. So uh, I had high hopes for Korean Zombie coming into this fight. I thought he was going to outstrike Ortega, but man, was I completely wrong on that <laughs> one. Brian Ortega, the very high-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, who's known for choking uh, his opponents. Yeah, he's, he's really good on the ground. That's he's what you an, expect him to do. Kind he's of. an excellent grappler. Coming up versus uh, Zombie, who's an excellent striker with a lot of knockout power. Nobody saw Brian Ortega outstriking the Korean zombie, but that is exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened for five rounds. He rocked him early with a spinning elbow, and from there, after the fight, Korean zombie said that he didn't remember anything that happened in the fight after that point, after that spinning elbow that rocked him. Yeah, that elbow, that was that was just crazy, because you don't see the Korean zombie getting, like, rocked that much, but Ortega, he just had that power and everything that just really, really just hurt zombie. Absolutely. So that was probably the performance of the month coming from Brian Ortega. His ability so. to, he took a very long period of time off after his last fight, which was a decision loss in uh, a championship fight. And he came back, he worked on his striking, he got brand new coaches, and he came back and he showed all of his improvements. And I think he's due for a title shot because that was a very highly impressive win for Brian Ortega. How do you feel about fighters getting new, like a new corner team and like new coaches? Like, do you think that, I mean, in most cases it's a benefit, but have you, have you ever seen like where it actually hurts them? Like so soon, if they, if they get new coaches and all, all of a sudden, oh, we have this big fight coming up, let me get a new coach. Like this is a whole new training session. Yes, you know I, mean? I have seen that. So like you said, we've seen on the positive side, uh, such as Brian Ortega, where he gets new coaches and he learns new techniques and he takes time off and comes back looking like a brand new fighter and um, with a very highly impressive win. But then on the flip side, um, there's fighters like Mike Perry. Uh, for those that don't know, Mike Perry used to train out of American Top Team and Top team in Florida, which is one of the biggest mixed martial arts gyms in the state. Yeah, they have a lot of fighters that belong to them. A lot of high quality and high level fighters as well. So he was training with the best of the best, but eventually, uh, it, for reasons that are unknown right now, he decided to just stop training there uh, around last year. And he said, okay, I'm just going to, going to have a couple of my friends spar with me to help keep my techniques up and he'll hit the heavy bag at home and keep himself in shape and uh, he, he doesn't even have traditional cornermen in his fights mm -hmm. anymore. He's actually decided that since he doesn't usually listen to the advice that his cornermen give him anyways, that there's no sense in paying them to be cornermen if he's not going to listen to them. So he actually has been having his pregnant girlfriend in his corner for emotional support. I which is like... A, it's a new take. It's interesting. I feel that like you shouldn't do that to have a pregnant girlfriend or even a, even a girlfriend at all, like being in your corner. Like I couldn't imagine if you were a fighter, like me being in your corner. I would hate that so much. Right. Uh, but I guess for Mike Perry, he handles it those works. emotions a lot differently and it works. But um, I mean, at the time of this recording, it is November 24th. So Mike Perry actually just fought this past weekend. And 
Mike Perry looked terrible. He did look, I he mean, looked really bad. He fought Tim Means. Tim Means is a great fighter. I don't want to take anything away from his win, but Mike Perry did not look like the same fighter that we've seen in the past. His punches looked labored. He gassed out. He missed weight by five pounds. Yeah, and he was cocky about it too. Like he he was eating burgers and like right, eating he pizza was, and stuff. He was su he was super cocky about it. He thought he could get away with it. Nah, dude, five pounds, that's a lot for a weight class. It, like, that's a lot. Yeah, so very unprofessional from him. But yeah, getting back to the original point, that is an example of when changing cornermen and uh, losing your coaches uh, can really negatively affect a fighter. So we've seen on the good side, Brian Ortega, and then on the bad side, Mike Perry. So two polar opposites right there. And on the undercard of this fight, we saw Jimmy Crute pick up a big knockout very quickly into round one. And then also Jessica Andrade looked amazing versus Caitlin Chukagian. And, you know, the storyline of that fight was that, you know, Andrade had to stick to the inside and probably shoot for a takedown if she wanted that fight because the stand-up was more than likely going to go to Caitlin. But, I mean, Caitlin showed that, you know, she showed off her range, but then she let Andrade get on the inside, and once Jessica Andrade got on the inside, she landed a big shot to the liver and put her down with a body shot. So, a very highly impressive performance from Jimmy Crute and Jessica Andrade. And next was UFC 254. Where do we even get started with that? I, that was, it was just a wild time. Um, let's just talk about Khabib for right now. Uh, so... Khabib actually earned GOAT status after choking out Justin Gaethje, which was just crazy. Like, I think both Khabib and Gaethje are one of, are both some of my favorite fighters, and it, I think it was really great just seeing them actually fight and, like, bash it out in the ring. And, yeah, Khabib won against Gaethje. He choked him out, and now he is 29-0. and 0, And sadly, after this victory, he's now retiring. We don't know if... We have some speculations. There are a lot of speculations going around of... Is he actually retiring? Was this emotion fueled? Is it like, what's gonna happen? This, it was my last fight. And no way I'm gonna come here without my father. It was first time. Yeah, so Khabib is actually also ranked number one pound per pound fighter. He was ranked that after the win against Gaethje. Yeah, and then like I said, then he retired in honor of his father who recently passed away. So a lot of people are saying that this is something that is just emotionally fueled. I'm excited to see what happens though. Like, Khabib definitely deserves a break. He's been fighting bears since he was like six. Like quite literally fighting bears since he was six. Oh, absolutely. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, there's literally home footage of Khabib Nurmagomedov as a child when he was around the age of six or seven years old. Wrestling res a bear. Wrestling a trained bear. Um, not in America, of course. He grew up in, in Dagestan. So a very different culture over there. But yeah, he literally grew up wrestling bears. Since like, the age of six, so that's so a pretty tough culture over there. When you say built different, he is quite literally built different. Yeah, he's he's not like anyone else. Uh, some other notable fights on that card was Robert Whitaker getting a unanimous decision victory over Jared Cannonier. And boy, I can't tell you how many people that I know that were just writing off Whitaker. They said his chin was gone. They said that Cannonier was going to go out there and knock him out in the first round. And Whitaker almost knocked out Cannonier in the he's second and third round. And uh, Cannonier landed a couple good shots there, here and there. It was definitely a very solid performance from both fighters, but Whitaker showing that he's really still a top contender even after losing the bout last year. He's still around, and he really silenced a lot of doubters out there. And this card, without a doubt, was a showcase for Russian fighters. I mean, Russians on the rise. I mean, Habib Nurmagomedov in the main event 
with the second round submission. Obviously a huge win for Russia. He's the biggest star out of there. But also on the main card was Alexander Volkov, a Russian fighter who got a TKO win over Walt Harris in the second round with a brutal body shot, uh, a kick to the body that really hit the, it knocked the air out of Walt Harris and it hit the liver as well. So kind of a two for one on that body shot that helped put Walt Harris away. And then also on the main card was Magomed Ankalaev coming out of Russia with a rematch versus Ion Kutaleba. Um, and there was some controversy in the first fight, you know, the ref stopped it a little bit too soon, and I'm not going to get into that, but in the rematch, Magomed Ankalaev knocked out Ion Kutaleba in the very first round with a massive counter shot and then some ground and pound that literally knocked him unconscious. So now there is no controversy, no doubt who is the better fighter out of those two. So Russian fighters definitely reign supreme on the main card of UFC 254. Yeah, I think actually body shots, in my opinion, are worse than, like, getting hit in the face or something. Because if you get hit in the chin pretty hard and you get knocked out, like, you're out in a second. But, like, body shots, you, you're you feeling that for a while. Right, and I get what you say there, like, in terms of immediate pain. Um, How about long-term pain, too, though? Well, there's concussions with headshots. Yeah. You don't get that with traditional body shots. And some, there will be broken ribs and stuff like that. But long-term, the damage is definitely much worse for headshots, but I totally agree with what you said about uh, short-term getting kicked in the liver and getting the, getting the air knocked out of you is just much worse than uh, getting knocked out, which is, you know, you don't feel a knockout. I mean, it just You're causes your body to... Second. Right. I mean, and yeah, they a lot of times people bounce their heads off the canvas and it looks pretty painful and they're definitely going to wake up with a headache. Yeah, definitely worse in the long run compared to a body shot, without a doubt. And... And the final fight card, actually on Halloween, so the last day of October, was UFC Fight Night Uriah Hall versus Anderson the Spider Silva. Anderson Silva is a legend in the game. For sure, he's going to be a UFC Hall of Famer, without a shadow of a doubt. And it was his last fight in the UFC, and unfortunately, it didn't go his way. Uh, he lost via TKO to Uriah Hall. This was actually a fight that a lot of people wanted to see earlier in Uriah Hall's career, because he's had a bunch of very flashy knockouts. Uh, and obviously so has Anderson Silva, but unfortunately it came at the end of Silva's career. He's 41 years old, I believe, and he looked good in the first round and a half, but after that he got rocked by Uriah Hall, and then Uriah Hall was able to put him put him out via TKO in the fourth round. Yeah, let's talk about Greg Hardy for a second, too. Is like, what what is up with this man? I, I, I personally don't like him as a fighter. I think he's more of like a hype hype man i guess like they i think the usc kind of just signed him just because he was like previously famous and stuff but like his first two professional fights he, he like did some of the most illegal things he needs somebody wasn't did he need him right and he landed an illegal knee to a grounded opponent which is against the rule and his opponent was not able to continue the fight so he was disqualified from that fight yeah and, and then like the, in the second in his second fight was it his second fight yeah. it was the second or his third, third fight pretty soon after he got disqualified he took a break to use his inhaler like what yeah that's something that he's new to the sport so i guess you can say that he, he didn't, didn't really know, know better well, like, but his coaches and they all should have known better than to allow him to take an inhaler into the ring and uh, honestly shame on the athletic commission for saying yeah go ahead because he asked them yeah and he asked it's kind of wrong on both parts like, you, you just this is stuff like it might not seem like it's that big of an advantage, but if somebody's winded and they take an inhaler, that just helps 
so much. It's, it's It wasn't fair to his opponent at all. Right. It was definitely a big point of controversy throughout that fight week. So, But yeah, I mean, is he for real? That's the question. I think, he, I think he's a joke, honestly. I mean, I guess we've yet to see. He hasn't really faced top-level competition, but the competition that he has faced, you know, he's not experienced, so it makes sense to put people that aren't as experienced uh, with him as well. And he's knocked them, mostly knocked them out outside of those two controversial fights. But on this fight card, Greg Hardy got a TKO win over Maurice Green. And I think Maurice Green was a little bit of a step up in competition. I mean, we've seen Maurice Green have some issues with his chin and, you know, he kind of gets uh, hurt pretty easily. So it might have been an advantageous matchup, but I think it was for sure a step up in competition. Yeah, all right, guys, that's all the time we have for you today. We have went over a lot. There was a lot of good stuff that happened in October with the UFC. Um, Stay tuned. Uh, I think the next episode is going to be about November fights or uh, and December. Maybe we'll do like a two-for-one episode. Yeah, so stay tuned.